I'm Katie Brain and you're listening to Goodness Gracious Grief. Grief is a strange thing, yet it's a natural response to losing someone we love. Grief can linger over us and it can hit when we least expect it. Someone once described grief to me as the waves crashing in the ocean and this really stuck with me. The idea is the Tides crash down hard at first, but then they steady out, crashing into you along the way. But they become less frequent, but never stop completely. There are times when the sea can be smooth, but out of nowhere, one big wave comes crashing down on you and can sometimes just knock you off your feet. Now, I do remember a time when I was caught off guard, I was out for dinner with some friends. It was not too long after my dad had passed, but we were having a nice meal and having general chit-chat, and the conversation kind of changed to the age of our parents. Now, I never got involved in the conversation. I just sat there in, in deep thought, thinking, my dad was only 58 when he died. That means he'd never make it to 60. He'd never have another milestone and I remember thinking that's just so cruel that life can just be taken away from us like that. So the conversation continued around me and I just sat there in silence. I didn't want to cause a scene, I didn't want to cry in front of people because that's not what I do so I just held in the tears and I guess it's that description of waves that has kept me going through all of this because I know Over time, it will be easier, and these off-guard moments will become less frequent. And this whole idea got me thinking, is there a process to grief? Is there something we do subconsciously? Does it affect us all in the same way? And do we all get those moments that just catch us completely out of the blue? Or do we grieve in different ways entirely? I decided to speak to psychotherapist Gail Hamill, founder of Circle Therapy. And I started by asking Gail, does grief hit us as soon as we lose someone we love? I get asked this question a lot. Does grief hit? What's normal grieving? is the most common question I get asked. And I always say, that well, actually, there is no normal or textbook way to grieve. Uh, Grieving doesn't always hit immediately uh, because you can stay in different phases of grieving or different stages of grieving. Um, so, So for some people, it hits them very, very quickly. For other people, it can take a number of years before they really start to grieve properly. Uh, and it depends on the type of loss and the, the way the person's passed away. So there's lots of different elements why people grieve immediately, why people don't grieve. So I think that's something that's really unique to everybody. Is there a case of saying that if someone doesn't handle their grief kind of straight away, that it can kind of come back later and haunt us, maybe in the form of, of PTSD or, or something similar? Absolutely. It never goes. It doesn't go away. You know, there's a there's a point in time where we have to uh, feel those feelings. And what I see a lot is that sometimes people will come and they'll say, I'm coming to see you about anger. 
uh, or I'm coming to see you about road rage or some other symptom. And then I will say, OK, tell me about the last five years, the last 10 years. And then they will say, well, I've lost so and so and, and so and so. And, and then we start to say, OK, so actually this is grief. You're, you're, you're bringing grief. So, yes, we can have people come into therapy with a post-traumatic stress response that they're not they've not maybe consciously linked to that loss or they could be coming in with a depression that they think is about their work uh, or their relationship and it might actually be linking back to their grief to their loss and it's our job to to make those connections yeah is there a typical path that, that grief takes I mean is it simply it just starts as sadness or are there other coping mechanisms that we kind of put in place Mm. Well, we it fundamentally comes back to we don't deal with change very well, and there's no greater change and shock in your life than when you lose someone you love. Um, and grieving is is uh, someone once said it's quite a a selfish process because we're grieving for ourselves, we're grieving for the feelings that we're feeling. We we don't want to be feeling that. Um, so the the first stage we we tend to go into is this denial, what we call denial, um, because it's a shock response. You know, if you mm. lose somebody, um, if you lose a, a parent, or if you lose a child, indeed, if you've lost someone that you didn't expect to lose, because we we never really, uh, we kind of think we're immortal. I think that's the thing. We'd like yeah. to think we're immortal and we're not. And we none of us want to face up to that. So when we lose someone, it is this massive shock and we can stay in denial. And that looks like, I just can't believe it. It's surreal. And often, you know, I've had people share with me that it wasn't until they saw that funeral car or mm. that crematorium or that they, they realised this is actually happening. So when you say denial, are, are people just literally not coming to the to the fact that someone they love has, has died? Are they kind of living life as, as normal, going about their daily routine and, you know, just not admitting that something's missing? Yeah, well, they tend to switch off or zone out or disconnect. So they might throw themselves into some kind of coping mechanism, which you asked earlier, are there coping mechanisms? So they might start drinking more or dating more or uh, just throwing themselves into behaviours that, that aren't typical of their personality and people say it's really out of character for them they're doing this they're, they're working more or they're drinking more or they're and it's actually a coping mechanism and it's it's usually in this denial phase of, of grief that very very initial point in time where you just aren't ready to face it you're not ready to come to terms with that loss at all. So we started with denial, but obviously how, how many kind of stages are there when, when dealing with grief? Is there a theory behind it? Well, the theory behind it was actually um, devised by a psychiatrist in the 60s called Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And she wrote a book called On Death and Dying in, in 1969. And she came up with this theory of the stages because she'd seen time and time again patients coming in in different stages and she thought this, this there's a pattern here so she came up with the, what we call the five stages of grieving and denial being the first one as you've said and then we move through the theory as we move through different stages and each of them are usually at different points in time so we start with denial and then the next one that she she found in her studies was that we move into anger so we go from denial to anger 
And it, the anger is really about the realisation that um, we couldn't stop this. The person has died. We've lost this person we love. Why did it have to happen? Um, what could I have done? It's not fair. Why, why us? So we enter, once we, we've realised it's real, we, she, what she found in her work, we go into the anger phase. So she started to identify these different stages of grief. Yeah. I definitely remember anger when when I lost my dad. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not a very angry person normally, but there there was one particular moment, and I just remember just blaming myself. And now looking back, it seems like the most stupidest thing ever. But I somehow thought that his death was my fault because I had done something wrong. Um, and I, I was just yeah, I was really angry at myself about my dad dying and I know that say, seems stupid but that I definitely remember that stage oh that's so true so true the, 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 you know you blame yourself for I could have stopped this somehow I could have mm-hmm. you know made you know looked after them better or I you know or even if it, you know if it's something as, as difficult as a child passing away it's like what you know I wasn't there I, I could have been there and this anger towards yourself gets turned inwards and often it's it's guilt um although guilt isn't um listed in the the five stages anger comes from often feeling guilty um and i often say guilt is the first one of the first feelings we feel you know and, I, yeah. and it's guilt that you're describing there you know you you went through that and i and i lost my father as well and i remember those feelings of oh i shouldn't have said that and i should have done more that day and you know, could I have identified those symptoms sooner? And 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 yes, we get angry with ourselves because we can't get angry with anyone. We can't get angry with the person who's gone. You know, we can't no. say, why didn't you, you know, look after yourself or whatever the circumstances have been. Yeah. What what comes next? So we've got denial, we've got anger. What else is on this this list? Oh well, it's an interesting list, and this one might seem a little bit strange, but they call it bargaining. Uh, and this is the point where we, uh, we we try to avoid the grief by saying, well, uh, if I go back in time, um, if I'd done this, that person would still be here. And just, just like we've just been saying, I mm. should have and I could have. We go into this phase of if I'd done that, they would still be here. You know, I know that if I'd done that that day, they'd still be here. And that's the brain's way of trying to to make sense and give us back control. You know, if I'd known that it would have been fine. Um, and you see this a lot with maybe someone who's, um, you know, been very suddenly unwell or, or been misdiagnosed or something like that. And I would have clients when I started in, in counselling, it was in the cancer sector. And I would often see this where this bargaining phase would come in where it was. Well, actually, you know, I, I, I know what's happened now. They, they didn't pick that up soon enough. Um, and had we done that, it would have been fine. And that's the brain's way of, of trying to get back control and, and feel that I'm not helpless. Bargaining is, is that, that, that stage we go into when we're trying to make sense of um, our part in it. So far, it seems like the denial, the anger and the bargaining, they kind of all interlink and kind of transition from, from one to the other. When does kind of the sadness come in? Mm. This is the point that this is the point, actually, that people come for help or ask for help or the, the people around them in a loss say you're you're, you're down you know, you're sad, we need to talk about this. And, and we, in the stages of grieving, it's been labelled as depression. You know, we know that depression is um, when we've been 
you know feeling something for a while and, and keeping those feelings in and then we get very depressed you know we've pushed the feelings away so the feeling of missing someone and that, that you can't go on and what's the point and you know huge sadness starts to come in because we've gone through the other stages we've we've thought about what we should have done and what we could have done and then we start to think they've gone they're they're not coming back um and the sadness comes in and the that we start to miss that person and that's where the real emotion starts to to come to the surface that's the way i would describe it is coming to the surface um, and sadness you know it's things like not wanting to get out of bed not wanting to go to work um withdrawing in your relationship um not feeling that there's any point and not thinking about the future um you can't see a future without that person or that child or that loved one so so that is the stage where actually is the best stage people can come into to therapy and have support because they're ready to 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 be sad they're ready to feel it and and do these necessarily run in this order do, do do we start with denial then anger bargaining and then the sadness and the depression or, or can it kind of be sporadic this is the point with the stages of grief yes because you know this is a uh, a theory that was we this psychiatrist saw in her patients but she also saw and i see this that we move in and out and sometimes we get stuck in certain phases so some people might be in denial for a very long time Others go very quickly into an angry phase and then very quickly through into a depressive phase or sadness. But some people go into sadness and then go back to anger. So it's like a very, it's kind of like a little track that we move up and down, a little sliding scale of feelings because we're not, <laughs> emotions are so um, unpredictable and, and um, things trigger us. So it could be we're driving along the road and we hear a song and we're very, very sad and we go into a sad phase for a couple of days and then someone pulls out in front of us and our anger comes back from our grief. You know, so it's a very um, up and down, in and out process. And, and I think it's really useful for people to know that because they think, when am I going to be in, the, in this next phase? If they read this model, when am I going to be there? And it doesn't really work like that. And, and can you kind of skip a phase? I mean, I I don't remember being in denial at all. I was, I kind of, I knew that my dad had died. I don't remember, you know, trying to kind of rule that out or it might just be something that I've kind of completely blocked from my memory. Could, could I have skipped that stage? Mm, I think it depends on how you've lost the person. I think you can skip a stage. Um, for instance, if someone's nursed someone for a while mm. and you've kind of, you, you know, um, subconsciously been preparing yourself that they're going to go the the denial might not be there because there's been this pre pre bereavement period it might sometimes yeah. only be a week or two yeah but but you've you've started a process of preparation whereas a sudden death um, often there can be the denial period for quite a while and it, it wouldn't be till till that person was stood in front of a grave or a crematorium that they'd it hits them this is real you know, this is this has actually happened so yes you can you can skip stages and um, it depends on your personality as well if you're somebody that that hasn't really um, had anger in your life or used anger uh, openly in any way you might you might skip that and you might be just very sad and very uh, down and very depressed so 
you absolutely can um, jump um, certain stages of this or completely miss them out. Yeah. So what's the, the final stage? Well, the final stage, which, you know, the, the question I'm always asked is how long does it take to get there? And we've covered that. We, we don't know. But the final stage is acceptance. Um, when we, we've gone through every other part of it and we know that, OK, we've lost that person. They're, they're not coming back. Um, but we have a reason for living. And, and sometimes they, they class this as reinvesting in life. So you say, I've lost them. I love them. Life will never be the same. But I want this for my life. I want to do this in my career or I want to um, get married one day or I want to have a child. So you start to reinvest in your life. And we and, and Elizabeth Kubler-Ross called this the acceptance phase where you start to move on. You start to move on. You're changed forever, of course, but you're you're moving on and reinvesting back into your life and and you can start to remember the person fondly as well you know you can start to recount memories that make you smile or make you laugh rather than those those difficult images maybe of the last time you saw the person or or when they were dying or um the last argument you had with them you know you, we tend to have very negative um, memories in the early stages of grieving but we start to remember them fondly so so we call this the acceptance phase which is kind of a, the, the the last part of our our grieving cycle or stage uh, and when we get to the acceptance stage is there ever the chance that any of these other stages might kind of creep back into our lives yeah i think it's really interesting because uh, if something happens, maybe someone else we, we're close to loses someone, mm. uh, you know, or um, something happens in our family and it can trigger uh, feelings uh, that you've gone through that you you thought you'd you dealt with and put away. You know, anger could come back or um, or sad feelings. So, yes, things can happen in our lives or a relationship ends and that's a loss um mm. you know um or a child moves out of home and goes off to university and that's a loss so it can trigger we always talk about um losses of all kinds triggering our biggest losses if that makes sense you know we a, an empty nest syndrome of a child going to university brings back feelings of oh i'm missing my my father that passed away five years ago you know it's so, yes, things can set us back in, but I think we never really go back to where we were with that particular loss. We might have anger or sadness, but we, we'd never go back to how we felt in that, that, that denial um, phase or that really um, intense anger. Um, but it might trigger, it might trigger us. So for anyone who, who has lost someone close to them, would you advise that they kind of seek help or they find someone that they can talk to about grief? We There's a really good um, theory on this and we've seen this in practice. So we've got evidence to say, usually we say uh, six, in the first six months, you're not ready to have something like therapy. Uh, because you're you're still and you know you're still going through some of those early phases and you're not really ready to to look at the sadness. So um, organisations like Cruise and and different um, bereavement um, focused agencies will say we will have you referred in after six months of that loss. 
they will sometimes obviously do that before that if there's a real need and, and you feel you're just not coping but usually they suggest six months from a loss you're ready to start talking about that because often you can be in the shock phase or the denial phase and, and you can't really process um, what it is you you need to think about so uh, we see that trend and, and that that makes sense um, certainly for me when I've supported clients that really makes sense That was psychotherapist Gail Hamill, founder of Circle Therapy. There's no right or wrong way to grieve and everyone's experiences are unique. It can be a painful process and there isn't a lot that can help or be fixed to make it go away. In this case, I'm afraid time is the best healer. After time, we learn to adjust and to cope without the person we lost. It doesn't mean at all that we have forgotten them. And it doesn't stop those waves from crashing when we least expect it. I'm only four years on my journey with grief and I still get frequent waves. And I'm sure this would be the same if you speak to someone 10 years or 20 years on. No matter how long it has been, that grief will never leave us completely. I'm Katie Brain and you've been listening to Goodness Gracious Grief.